good to be together. Hey, let me share just uh, another word about the All In initiative that will start here very soon. So it's this, this initiative to get us all reading the Bible as a family together in 2016, to read through the entire Bible. If you've never done that before, it's such a, a landmark in your spiritual life and something you can really anchor to as you listen to the Word of God. Um, the other thing I would tell you is there are a lot of different ways to participate. There's information in the bulletin. I think it's page six back there. All the information you need. I heard something last week. One of our members, Yvette Harper, grabbed me, and she was so excited that we're doing this. And she said, I bet you didn't know, and I didn't, that you can listen to the Bible on version. We talk a lot about that free app, version. You can actually listen to it. And she said that's the way she's been reading the Bible. So think about that. If you're thinking, I don't think I have time or I got too many things going on. On the way into work each morning, you can do your daily Bible time right there just listening to it. And what a wonderful thing that would be as you're stuck in traffic to deal with that stress and that anxiety. Um, this week, I've been getting messages from, from a lot of folks. I want to share just a couple from some of our elders. And I've gotten a bunch from them. They're very excited about what we're going to be doing uh, with this all-in program. And so I'll be sharing some of the, uh, all sorts of messages from them. But a couple of them I got this week. Randy Tucker just wrote me and he said, Hey, thanks for this effort um, leading the all-in Bible reading initiative. He said, Michelle and I will participate every day in 2016. And then he noted for the past couple of years... He said, I've been challenged to study the Bible as a whole story. I like that. As a whole story, reading both the Old and the New Testaments to have a better understanding of the culture, the context, and the geography of the text. So he's excited about it. Uh, Phil Jackson uh, wrote me and said, I'm all in for all in. If we believe that our Lord is our true Lord and Master, then, then why wouldn't we spend time in conversation with Him, talking to Him in prayer, and listening to him through his word. So I hope that you will join in with this. Um, some of you have already started. You know, on, on that U version, you get like updates on your friends. And some of you have already gotten a, gotten a little head start. That's great. Um, but uh, there's still time to pick up one of those one-year Bibles and be involved with us uh, in that. In just a few minutes, we'll be in Hebrews chapter 1. And this morning... Uh, we'll be getting a view of Christmas from verses 1 through 6 of Hebrews chapter 1. Before we do, um, I just wanted to share with you something I learned this week, a little, a little meaningless trivia. We have Netflix at our house. We don't have cable anymore. And I was just curious to see, well, how many Christmas movies do they have on Netflix? It's a bunch. It's a bunch. Uh, that you can live stream right now. I counted 97 Christmas movies on Netflix right now. And my wife loves Christmas movies. She's probably seen at least 95 of those, okay? She loves Christmas movies, uh, or at least the romance Christmas movies. That's a, that's a sub-genre of the Christmas movie. They have the romantic Christmas movies. So here are just a few of the titles and the little blurbs they have on Netflix about some of these movies. Um, there is the 12 Dates of Christmas. Uh, it says, set up on a blind date with handsome Miles on Christmas Eve. Kate gets 12 chances to relive the date over and over again until she gets things right. Um, there is a movie called Get Santa. It says, Santa's arrested and his sleigh has been locked up. 
No worries. One kid and his dad are on a mission to save Christmas. Um, There's also a country Christmas. Uh, The blurb is this. A bah humbug politician wants to banish Santa. But these kids aren't about to let him ruin Christmas. Uh, Another one is all I want for Christmas. Uh, It says this. Her holiday dating card is full this Christmas thanks to her young son. There is such a thing as too many choices. Um, You've got... There's another subgenre, the dog Christmas movie. One of those is Hercules Saves Christmas. The blurb goes like this. Two days before Christmas, a talking dog named Hercules approaches mischievous 12-year-old Max with the opportunity to get back on Santa's nice list. Uh, And then, of course, the holiday classic, um, Kung Fu Panda Holiday... Uh, And it says this about the movie. Throwing punches and slurping noodles is easier than multitasking. Just ask a panda headed for holiday hijinks. Okay. So that was free of charge, by the way. Now you know what's showing on Netflix. A glimpse of what you can watch over the holidays. Now, I don't know if you noticed, but none of those movies actually tell the story of the Christmas story, right? The story of the birth of Jesus or really have anything to do with it. In fact, out of the 97 movies on Netflix, none of them do. Really, none of them are about the birth of Jesus. Uh, None of them have a manger. None of them feature wise men. None of them uh, have Mary, Joseph, or Jesus featured prominently in in those movies. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting, I thought that was kind of interesting. Out of 97 Christmas movies, zero are about Jesus. Now, look, I'm not bashing Netflix. Uh, I'm not bashing these movies. I'm sure they're great movies. At least maybe a few of them are great movies. Um, But I'm making what is, I think, a a pretty obvious point this time of, of the year that it is so easy to just kind of elbow Jesus out of Christmas, to just kind of crowd him out during this time of the year. So no big surprise this morning, what we want to do is we want to pause and give us all a chance to reflect on Jesus Christ, the original Christmas gift that God sent from heaven to earth. Um, The neat thing about this time of year, I think, is that pretty much everybody, regardless of religious orientation or whether they have a lot of faith, some faith, or no faith at all, pretty much everybody likes this time of the year, enjoys the Christmas season. I mean, you've got the incredible, like, Black Friday sales, you know, and and Cyber Monday sales, and you've got all of the cool uh, decorations that are up. Um, There's the the Santa in the local mall that your kids can visit and tell, you know, what they want for Christmas. There are the Christmas parties, you know, work parties, family parties, neighborhood Christmas parties. Um, There are feasts to be prepared and enjoyed with with your family. So I pretty much, I don't know about you, I really pretty much enjoy all things Christmas. I I don't like fruitcake, okay? I'm not a fruitcake fan. Um... I don't really want to eat anything that is the consistency of a boat anchor, all right? Now, 
let me, let me say this, because some of you are thinking, you haven't tried my fruitcake. I don't need to, right? I don't need to. Please do not put me in that difficult preacher position, right, John Scott, of giving me a fruitcake where I'm going to have to lie and say, wow, it really was good. No, I won't like your fruitcake either. Okay. Um, I had people one time tell me, you say you don't like liver and onions, but you have never had it from this place. I didn't like it, okay? I don't like liver and onions. I don't like fruitcake. But pretty much everything else Christmas-related, I enjoy I really do. Throughout the Bible, though, we want to get to what the Word of God says. Um, throughout the Bible, God has always been interested in sharing His heart with people, sharing His will with people, sharing principles for us to, to live by. He knows us, each and every one of us, and He wants to be known by us. He loves us. And he wants for us to love him. And so that's a theme throughout Scripture. Um, there, and so there are so many messages in the Bible, so many different messages delivered to different people in all sorts of different ways. I mean, God reveals, right? Even if you don't own a Bible, God reveals himself just through, through the created world, through the wonders of the natural world. Um, he really does. And he continues to reveal himself in that way. His glory, his beauty, his power, um, mountains and meadows and, and seas and starry skies. God speaks through that. The heavens declare the glory of God. So there are, there are a lot of different ways that God has spoken to people, that God still speaks to people. Obviously, in, in the Bible, there's the law. God spoke to us through the law, he revealed that to Moses on Sinai and to his people to, to guide his people, to keep them in, in, in a path that leads toward life, that leads closer to him, that helps them become uh, all that they were intended to be, to grow up in their full potential. So, so there's the law, uh, and then so many, so many ways, right? I mean, he spoke to Moses uh, through a burning bush. He spoke to Balaam through a donkey. Uh, he spoke to his prophet Elijah uh, right on that mountain through the, the still, small voice. Um, and then there were the prophets, so many prophets, minor prophets and major prophets. Uh, the Lord spoke through them as well. Over the centuries, God has spoken to so many people in so many different ways. But God has never spoken as personally as he did than when he spoke to us through Jesus. We talked about this a little bit last week in the Gospel of John. And the Word became flesh and made his dwelling place among us. Now, if you're going to help us serve communion this morning, go ahead and get into position, and we will be serving the bread here in just a few moments. The passage, though, that we want to read to set this up before we break bread, is from Hebrews chapter 1, the first couple of verses there. It says this, Long ago, God spoke many times in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And now in these final days, He has spoken to us through His Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance, and through the Son, He created the universe. Isn't that a beautiful passage? It tells us 
about the Christmas story. Um, Simply this, that at Christmas, God manifested Himself. God pulled the curtain open and said, This is me. He came to us in the form of His Son, Jesus. No third parties, no outsourcing, no prophets involved here, no commands etched in stone on this one. He just manifested Himself, the Son of God, coming to live in our neighborhood. Think about that. Think about that. There was so much wrong with the world. And there is so much wrong in our world. But God didn't keep His hands clean. He didn't stay distant. He didn't stay disconnected. He cared enough to speak into the world. And He didn't just do it through prophets and visions. He did it by sending Jesus, His Son. Wow. Christmas reminds us that God cared enough to come personally and speak to us personally. Wow, it's amazing. And with so much going on this time of year, so many activities, so many things to do, it is easy to forget the reason for the season. It really is. Um, And as strange as it sounds, it is easy Without us even knowing, it is easy to push Christ out of Christmas. So, remember in the Christmas story, there was no room at the inn. Remember how that place was just too crowded, too busy, too hectic there in Bethlehem? Well, it still happens, doesn't it? He still gets crowded out. There's still many places where there's just not room for Jesus. And so the passage that we read, it states how He has spoken to us through His Son, that God has spoken is a beautiful thing. The real question, I think, this morning, as we prepare to break bread, the real question is, am I listening? Am I listening? Or am I just too hectic? I'm too busy. Uh, My life is too crowded for Jesus. There's no room, no space for Jesus. So, let's pray together. Let's bow our heads. We'll break bread after this prayer. Lord Jesus, we are gathered today because of you. This bread, Lord, reminds us that you became one of us, that you wrapped yourself in humanity. You, the eternal word, became flesh and blood. The Father spoke to us, spoke into our world by sending you. His Son. And Lord, for those times when we have crowded you out, when we have made room for you in our lives, we repent. We long to make space this morning in our hearts and in our minds for you. Just as Mary did when she gazed upon your face, Jesus. We cherish the story. We we treasure it up in our hearts of how you left heaven and came into our world to bring salvation. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.
I came across a story this week that got my attention, and maybe it'll get yours too. I thought it was just interesting. Did you know that the President of the United States has the ability to instantaneously send a mass text message to every cellular telephone in the United States anytime he deems it appropriate. I was like, wow, I didn't know that. So now you know it. Wall Street Journal article there. Uh, it was born out of Hurricane Katrina, uh, President Bush's kind of frustration over the FEMA response. And so out of all of that, the wireless emergency alert system was born. Now, you may have received some of these before, not the whole nation all at once, but more regionally targeted with a, a missing child or weather-related uh, alerts that we get on our phones sometimes. Those are part of that system. Um, but buried in the documents that created that, describing uh, the function of this emergency alert system is this, that the president can mass message Everybody, <laughs> the entire phone-carrying nation at the same time if it's deemed important to do that. Christmas, okay? The Christmas story tells us that God spoke, not just through the beauty of creation or the prophets or even just through words written on a page, but by becoming one of us. The message became flesh, the Word became flesh. And on that night, that holy night in Bethlehem, the King of all the universe arrived and delivered a message to all humanity, to every person, to every nation, by giving us His Son. And while that original message, yes, it can get a little lost, right, amidst all of the, the hubbub, the movies, the music, the commercialism, all that, all that goes on this time of year. You've got to confess, um, the message did get the world's attention, didn't it? I mean, long before the U.S. president could, could have ever sent a message to all U.S. citizens, the God of the universe sent a message to the entire planet. Um, it got King Herod's attention, the Roman regional king that was there in, in Judea got his attention, got the lowly shepherd's attention. Uh, the wise men from the east, from over in Iraq or Iran, they were paying attention. And well, here we are, you know, 2,000 years later, more or less, and, and the birth of, of Jesus, it still causes a massive global impact every year. Whether you are a believer or not, you really can't deny that. I mean, this week, um, over, over 2 billion inhabitants of our planet all over the world will be celebrating Christmas. Then there is this other metric that a lot of people this time of year like, like to use to measure the impact of, of, of the Christmas season. That is uh, the economic metric, right? Um, this holiday season is going to generate over $3 trillion for the retail industry in America. To put that in perspective, that is about 20% of all retail sales that will happen this year. Happens during the Christmas season. Um, 800,000 800, um, seasonal employees 
have been hired uh, to compensate for the Christmas rush this year. Uh, pretty big impact. Pretty big impact. So the message God sent when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, it generated quite an impact 20 or, or 2,000 years ago, and it still is generating uh, quite an impact today. But I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. So the money Christmas generates, uh, the 97 movies on Netflix. Um, yeah, it shows that Christmas made an impact, but does any of that mean that people actually understood, right? Understood the message that God was sending, that God was communicating, and you already know the answer. Um, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Um, the first message from Hebrews chapter 1 is about how God, we talked about this together, how God through Jesus manifested himself through the Christmas story. The second part of that is, is beyond the manifestation is the message that he was communicating to us, delivering to us. Communion servers, you can take your places. We're going to share the, the cup here in just a few moments. So I want you to consider the next couple of verses there in Hebrews chapter 1. We have a bit of the message here. The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. He sustains everything by the mighty power of His command. And when He had cleansed us from our sins, when He had cleansed us from our sins, He sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. The more that we get to know Jesus, the more we know and experience God, His glory, His power, His love, His character. The more we get to know Jesus, the more we know and experience God. That's what Hebrews chapter 1 is telling us. On a personal level, a very personal level, to each one of us, here is a central message that God has communicated to us through Jesus. My sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven through Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads and pray together. God, Holy Father, you sent Jesus, your Son, to express yourself, to show us who you are. In Christ, you have shared yourself with us. And as your word proclaims, you have cleansed us from our sins. Cleansed from my sins. Cleansed from our sins. We joyfully, we joyfully accept that message that you've spoken over us in Christ. And this cup, Lord, it reminds us of the blood you shed on our behalf. Your blood washes us 
clean. It removes all stain of guilt and iniquity. Message received, Lord. Message received loud and clear. We have been set free because Jesus came. Our sins have been dealt with once and for all because Jesus came. We are redeemed and we are eternally grateful because Jesus came. So this is our prayer of thanksgiving. In the holy name of Jesus, our Redeemer. Amen. Um, So Christmas, um, it matters to us because it's the manifestation of God Himself when He came in person. Um, It matters to us because of the message, that message of hope, your sins are forgiven. Uh, And what a message for people like you and I who were sinners. But here's where we're going to, to kind of wrap up our morning. In those first few verses of Hebrews... Beyond the manifestation of God and the message that He sends to us, there is, in Hebrews chapter 1, and this may be the most distinctive thing about that passage, there is the majesty of Jesus. And so we tremble. We tremble in the presence of the majesty, the glory of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 1, we'll pick it up in verse 4. This shows, I want you to think about this, okay, as we read this. Think about what this means. This shows that the Son of God is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave Him is greater than their names. For God never said to any angel what He said to Jesus, You are my Son. Today I have become your father. God also said, I will be his father. He will be my son. And when he brought his firstborn son into the world, God said, let all the angels worship him. So a lot of theology packed into those few verses, isn't there? Let's just think a little bit about that, about that the weight of glory that's expressed there in that, in that passage. There are, of course, a lot of religions, um, a lot of different faith orientations around these days, and there have been for a long time. But Christmas really separates our faith from all of the others. I mean, just, that, just think about that. Christmas, not even to to mention the resurrection, but Christmas itself separates Christianity from all other faiths. First, and if you want to jot something down this morning, this would be the time to do it. First, the separation is in the incarnation. The separations in the incarnation. The Word became flesh. God became one of us. As John says, He moved into our neighborhood. God inhabited a human body. You're not going to find that anywhere else. But you're going to find that in the person of Jesus. 
In fact, so distinct is that, that of the Abrahamic faiths, Judaism and Islam and Christianity, two-thirds of those actually consider this to be blasphemy, scandalous, that God would be born into our world. And so for us as believers, the separation is in the incarnation. The separation is also in the salvation. The separations in the salvation that we have because God came. God's only begotten became one of us, and He surrendered His life on that cruel cross so that we might be forgiven of all of our sins. Who doesn't need that? Who walks among us that doesn't need forgiveness? Well, know this. Jesus came and He died for your sins. The separation's in the salvation. No one except Jesus has given His life for the forgiveness of your sins. And so our faith is not primarily about what we achieve It's not primarily about our performance. It is certainly not about us somehow climbing this ladder of righteousness so that we can deserve salvation. The good news of Christianity is that Jesus, God's Son, gave His life for you and for me. Separations in the salvation. And finally, according to this passage that we just read, the salvations in the glorification The salvation is in the glorification. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. I've had people tell me before, you know, I don't know why we celebrate Christmas because, you know, in the Bible we're commanded to celebrate the the cross and the resurrection. That's the Lord's Supper. But we're never commanded to celebrate Christmas. Well, I I would tell you, with all due respect, there was a pretty big celebration that went on, right, when Jesus was born. I mean, the heavens filled with angels, singing, announcing this momentous occurrence, the birth of Jesus. It was a glorious experience. And so Christmas reminds us about our faith that the separation is in the glorification because Jesus was born in Bethlehem because He lived a perfect and sinless life, and because He offered Himself as a sacrifice for you, and for me, and for every person. Because He was, yes, resurrected from death. Because He ascended to heaven and now sits at the right hand of the Father. Because of all of that, there's separation. There's something different about Jesus. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. The separation is in the glorification. And I love those words that we read because an angelic being is... I've never seen one. But if you read the Bible, it is an incredible experience. The first word that angels speak in every, pretty much every occurrence when they appear to a person, the first words they speak in the Bible is, do not fear. Do not be afraid. It was a fearful thing to come into the presence of an angel. And so we have this vision, 
and the Gospel of Luke, and even here in Hebrews, of, of all of these angels, multitudes, a heavenly host, not just one, but more than you can count, announcing the birth of Jesus. Wow! But that's not the really amazing thing Hebrews tells us. The amazing thing is that all of those angels pale in comparison to the glory of the Christ. The glory of Jesus. God in flesh. So our faith is unlike any other faith because our Lord is unlike any other prophet, any other teacher, any other religious leader or icon in the history of the world. The separation is in the incarnation, which is true only of Jesus. The separation is in the salvation, only in the name of Jesus. The separation is in the glorification of Jesus Christ as He conquered sin and conquered death and ascended to the right hand of God the Father. And so today, we close out our time of remembrance and worship by joining our voices with those ancient angelic choruses and worshiping the King of glory who was born in a manger in Bethlehem. And we tremble at the glory and majesty of the risen Lord, and we also, with great expectations... We look forward to that day when we will be reunited with Him in paradise. Let's stand together and let's work.